welcome to another episode of the Producing Half podcast, where we explore a broad range of topics together from a working class, producing class um, point of view. You gotta be careful with the whole working class and workers unite kind of thing, or <clears throat> the people's workers parties. Those almost always end up sort of like this socialist, fascist organization. The problem is, is that these is the the dishonesty and the arguments and the stealing of the words and just the the propaganda. You know, the the Nazis were the National Socialistic, well, National Socialist Germers, Ger- German Workers Party, National Socialistic Deutsche Partei. If I remotely got that right, I have no idea. But that's what it was. The Germans working, but it wasn't for the Germans work, German workers, just a way to manipulate the people. So a lot of uh, the things like the, 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 the liberals, well, the liberals aren't liberals. Uh, to me, a liberal is a, like a libertarian and they want you to leave alone. They're very liberal in their, their view of um, you, of your, you know, social economic, not, not even that mainly a uh, liberal in like their, um, their morals or their, they're how rigid they are to um, the old school, you know, Ten Commandments and the the social norms kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so that's to me what liberal is. But really, the liberals of the day are leftists. So I I know I say you know from a worker's point of view, but I mean from an American culture worker's point of view, point of view like hard work, integrity, honesty, and you know minding your own business and kind of a a, a libertarian original Republican constitutionalist kind of kind of a point of view nothing like what the Socialist Workers Party or any of the co-opted uh, terminology the new speak if you've ever read um, 1984 is it's it's in full force these days so you no matter what you say that they can just say it means something else and they just said they just say it means something else so it's super super hard to to communicate honesty uh, openly with anybody these days because there's just the same words mean different different things depending on who is using them. No, there's no agreed upon definition in a lot of these terms, so it makes it very difficult to have truly honest communication uh, with nuances, and that's the key is everything is nuances. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about today briefly, <clears throat> not get into too much detail, is um, COVID-19. I've stayed away from COVID-19. Um, for lots of reasons, I mean, I'm easily shut down. I'm a nobody, um, and YouTube and all of them just hate COVID-19 as a topic. So I have definitely stayed away from it. Um, plus, people are dying. You know, no matter what the truth is, people are dying. Uh, I, I mean, I know lots. I know lots. I know. A few, a, I've heard stories of a few people who, who have died. But they didn't die of COVID-19. They died of something else they had, and uh, COVID nineteen helped them along, one way or another. They just weren't taking their meds like they should on the you know the diabetes meds or something else. I mean, I'm freaking uh, definitely a candidate of somebody who would die from COVID nineteen. So far, uh, I've been uh, lucky, even though I've been exposed to it numerous times, and I am not vaccinated, and I have not got sick, and I don't. I just attribute that to luck. I'm not putting anything to it. I've just been lucky. Thank, thank the Lord Almighty. Um, but I do want to touch in a on COVID-19 without trying to do anything too controversial. Um, 
You know, the biggest thing about COVID-19 to me was the lockdowns, the unconstitutional lockdowns, the true, just, I don't know, a nice way to say it, um, pacification of the American people. We, we just tolerate it. We're just like, oh, yeah, take away our rights. It's okay. We don't need those. You know, our forefathers only fought for them and died for them. And our ancestors, um, you know, for, you know, built a country around those uh, rights. But we're just going to give them up because you say that I might get the sniffles, that I have a 0.001% chance of dying from something. You just have all my rights. Just lock us down. I know there's no science to it. Um, <clears throat> that locked, I mean, actually, locking people down in their home was probably the worst thing you could do uh, as far as spreading it for your family. I mean, I guess it would keep... Well, because you can't. I mean, the lockdowns are impractical, impractical because people still have to go out. They have to go buy food. They have to go go to the store. They have to go to work. So the lockdowns were never going to entirely work like that uh, unless you can get everybody locked down in their house for, um, you know, uh, a month. Everybody, literally 100% of the population locked down in their homes. Let everybody who has the, the vid just stay and die in their own homes. And then a month we all come out and hopefully there's a, a world. Well, that's never going to happen. Because it was never about, it was, uh, it's all a narrative. And that's the, that's the problem with COVID-19 is it's the science doesn't matter. The truth doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the narrative. What is the current narrative? And the lockdowns, I'm disappointed in our governor, governor in Texas because he went along with it. So he's a criminal in my point of view. He's, he uh, unconstitutionally took away my rights and everybody else in Texas rights. He's a criminal. Is he the worst criminal? No. I wish we would have had the Florida governor. I don't. I assume he locked his place down, so he's a criminal too. But he was at least more leading in the the realization, and, and he led. He reversed it all faster than any other governor. But if I would have been the governor, I would have came out and I'm like, all right, guys, all the other states are locking down. It's probably a good idea to avoid everybody in social distance. I, you know, it'd be even a good idea for you just to stay home. And, man, I wish I had the ability to tell you to stay home and force it upon you, but it's unconstitutional. And I'd be a criminal if I locked the state down and told you you couldn't go to work and I shut your business down and I um, uh, I told you I had to stay home and I closed all the schools. I, I'd want to do that. You know, it sounds like it's a good idea. You know, it would help, you know, stop the spread of this deadly disease. Um, but I can't because there's no, there's, there's no way I can do that. That's against the law. It's against the Constitution. It'd be unconstitutional. If I did that, then my uh, state police would have to come arrest me and unlock the, and unlock the state. So I'm just not going to do that. But uh, do, you know, you should social distance. You should wash your hands a bunch, get a bunch of vitamin D, um, take ivermectin or whatever drug of the day that they were saying is working for, for COVID. And, uh, um, you know, do the best you can. These are trying times. But no, none of the government said that. All the government said, yes, more power. What? I get to tell people what to do? I get to be in the news daily and have all these news briefs and feel powerful and important and I'm, I'm, I'm relevant? And Man, I read uh, that book I read a long time ago about there's no power that corrupts like political power. And uh, that's a true because even you know money corrupts all, but political power, you, you, you get to make laws and you have people with guns enforcing your power. So political power is the most dangerous of all powers. But the narrative in this whole COVID-19 crap, and at the very beginning it all happened, it's funny because I knew about COVID-19 before anybody was talking about it, 
because of a post, maybe on Reddit, <clears throat> it was a long, it was before, it would have been in December, January time, before anybody knew anything about COVID. I mean, it obviously, I've heard snippets of it, but it was, nobody was even thinking about it, talking about it, it was on zero radar of anything. And I remember posting in Reddit, um, in the local area, about it, and, and people were like, oh, fear monger, what are you talking about, this is, this is nothing. And then I saw this very well-documented, it was long, it was an entire, like, I mean, it took me probably an hour to go through it all, skimming it, because this is at the very beginning of COVID. COVID is not a big deal at this point. I mean, there's no zero cases in America. There's no cases outside of, of Wuhan at this point. It's just a matter of fact, it wasn't, it wasn't even called COVID. Um, and anyway, so this guy, I need my phone for this. This was so long ago. Let me go to the very back of my pictures here. Um, so I took a picture of this from the guy because I knew there would be no way I would remember how to say, spell, or pronounce this. So this is from, um, this is from, when did I take this picture? So Mar uh, March 3rd. March 3rd? Yeah, March 3rd. March 3rd, 2020 at 9.40 a.m. So I took that picture at March 3rd. I went back and found that. I don't know when I originally read the article. I think it would have been in February, <clears throat> maybe late January. I'm not sure. But anyways, the guy, and I don't I don't really remember the details because I haven't really read back and found that article. I don't, it's probably been, this was before the CCP took over all the Reddit narratives on everything. This was before there was COVID-19 forums. Um, I don't know how I got down the Reddit hole to even get to that, that guy's, but he had websites. They were all in, he had like screenshots of websites and he had all this. He was a, I want to say he was a doctor maybe, or he worked with the doctors in the Wuhan area and he was, uh, he was looking for that person in particular. Um, and like two or three other people that had went, got sick and went over and he's all, this is a, you know, a lab leak. And he went into, he had uh, previous articles uh, attached to his little report that showed all the times that the scientists there had gotten sick and got infected and were caught selling the, the animals when they're done experimenting, selling them out the back door to be, you know, slaughtered in the, the, the thing. And he had it, he had it drawn out. Cause I know this entire time where people are always saying that the, um, the Wuhan lab, was just you know right across the street from the food market but it's not and this guy kind of had it pointed he, I, I i just it's weird because i read all this stuff and then i'd see it on the news and be like man did that guy on reddit have it all wrong because <clears throat> it was just a matter of fact i mean from day one i just assumed this was a lab leak um because this guy had a really well-sourced report on reddit i don't remember which page it was it wasn't on like the public freakout page it might have been in their. Cons uh, I was I was looking into some of the Chinese stuff at the time, um, so it might have been on some Chinese Reddit. But the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, shut all that stuff down. And I remember when the COVID nineteen pages popped up, um, and it was very quickly you could tell that the CCP had uh, taken control of those pages as well, because um, <clears throat> you can see the how it, the narrative completely changed from when they first started until the end. There was people, of course. I don't really understand Reddit. I don't. I just go there for the videos, the funny videos. I watch a lot of funny videos on Reddit. But this was back when I was, uh, you know, this like back in early 2020. <clears throat> Anyways, this guy had um, 
page after page sources. They're in they were in China they're in Chinese, but he translated them for for you. Um, but he, he just it was just a matter of fact. Anyways, this Wuhan lab was nowhere was not. It was miles and miles away from but there was the Wuhan CDC that was really close. So I think the news media was getting the Wuhan lab, which is pretty far away. I mean, I don't know, maybe 11, 15 miles away, um, where that CDC was like a 100 yards away. Or, you know, that's the one that everybody kept pointing and saying, look how close this Wuhan lab, but it's not. And uh, it's possible for the, the you know, you know, those scientists probably go back and forth from the Wuhan CDC to the uh, actual Wuhan lab that everybody keeps saying that it, now they're admitting. And, man, it's that narrative because if you were to talk about the lab leak 30 days ago, you'd be banned from everything. You'd get kicked off of Twitter or Facebook would ban you and YouTube would ban you. But now it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so Facebook was censoring it for the last almost two years, and um, it's okay. That was fine. Um, but now that some uh, – was it Vanity Fair? Somebody did an article about it, or it was, it was an article in um, Medium. I think Medium. I have Medium, but I don't ever go to it. Um, it was an art, not Medium. I don't know. It was an article somewhere. But now since somebody who um, is part of the team said that the, the loud leak was possible, then all of a sudden it's okay to talk about it. That's the problem with the censorship. censorship the censorship is not based on facts. It is based on narratives. And it's the reason why Trump kept saying fake news. It's not fake news necessarily. I mean, it may have been fake news, but it was um, agenda-driven news, narrative news. Um, everything is a narrative these days. And if you are not, if you're not promoting whatever narrative that that I'm in or you're in, then you're the enemy. You're a racist, or you're a communist, or you work for the Russians. It's all about the narratives. Nobody cares about the truth. Nobody cares about the facts. It's just, does this information fit whatever narrative I'm trying to push? And the narrative of the left is a narrative that is, you know, um, taking away individual rights and freedoms. It is um, the suppression of the of white people. Don't know why. I mean, I, I guess I understand it. You know, white people are bad. It's um, very social. It's, it's, it's Marxism. The left narrative is Marxism. And if you're not on that narrative, the critical race theory and the queer theory, which even in my son's school, they're constantly pushing that, um, the queer theory and the critical race theory. And I'm in Texas. You would think that in Texas would be safe from it, but nope. Well, I mean, all these teachers came from these universities that have pushed that, that theory. <clears throat> but back to the COVID-19, the... If you were going against the narrative, it was a problem. Like the whole masks thing. I mean, it was common sense. I've had so many people say, well, put a mask on and then breathe in a Petri dish and you'll see, and then take the mask off and breathe in another one. You'll see which one grows more stuff. I'm like, literally somebody argued that to me. And I just looked at him like, do you understand the difference between viruses and bacteria? Because that's bacteria you're talking about. And bacteria can be pretty big. And masks probably do a pretty good job on that. Pretty good, not a perfect job. But they don't do anything for viruses. Viruses are too small. Not only that, if you if you ever wore a mask, where does it, especially if you're wearing glasses, it just goes up. It goes this way, this way. So, yeah, maybe masks prevent you from spreading it that way, but you're spreading it every other way. It's um, Masks were never going to work against viruses. I read when it was first, I'm talking about before 
because I bought N95s before there was a panic because I had saw this guy's post and he was worried. And then I saw a couple, and then it started coming out about it and spreading in Wuhan. This is again, there's no cases in America. So I went out and bought N95s because I had looked into uh, viruses and stuff and masks. And I'd read some white papers, some articles on um, masks. And um, they said that in these papers, they, they this paper, this was done pre-COVID. These papers had nothing to do with COVID. They were just, do masks work? Um, before there was a narrative. So they were just factual based. If you want to find out anything about masks, you got to go prior to COVID, pre-COVID. Because now there's a narrative. <clears throat> now there's an agenda. So they talked about cloth masks in surge, you know, surgist masks and how it did, it doesn't do anything to prevent um, the virus. It doesn't do anything to stop a virus and it doesn't even do much to stop bacteria. The only thing that this study said is that it did a good job of stopping spittle. I was like, okay, but it does zip zero for, 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 um, for um, viruses, nothing. It was totally ineffective 100 like it was like you might as well not wear it this with this study multiple studies by the way two three different articles i read about it one of them was an actual paper and in that paper and by the way papers are for normal people are so hard to read like i do a lot of skimming looking for matter of fact if it's a paper that's on a website you can do um you can use the find feature to find the keywords you're looking for because reading those things is a chore they use a lot of uh i mean it's it's made for for people who are in that field. So I guess they can understand it, but I barely do. Anyways, on the N95 section, it, it just talked about, um, it talked about how they were effective. If you, you know, if you didn't have a beard and you put it on correctly and you never touched your, the mask afterward, um, N95s were effective against preventing viruses, inhaling viruses. But the caveat on it was they only worked for about 30 minutes on average. 30 minutes, and I'm, I don't know why. It was something to do about the moisture of your breath overwhelmed them, and then they become ineffectual. There was technical things they had there, but this was, again, pre-COVID study, so there was no agenda. This was about make, wearing masks and surgeries. So N95s worked for about 30 minutes, and there was lots of caveats. You can never, like, taking them on and off have to be done properly. And, you know, all your clothes and everything afterward have to be done properly. And the, the, the once you touch the mask and touch your face, it's over with. Uh, and then, you know, it gets in, you, you touch your nose. And it's just, they were not, a, they even them weren't, weren't effective. But I figured, you know, at least I'll get an N95. At least I know it'll work for a little bit. I can just throw it on when I go into a store or something if it gets, gets bad here. I never actually ended up wearing an N95 anywhere other than, I did wear it at work a few times when I was literally in front of people who, they had COVID. And I would wear the N95, but I wore the same N95, and I touched it afterwards. I, I only ever, I'm a cheap, so I only bought one box of N95s. I think there was 20 of them in there. I sent a couple to relatives here and there, and so I, I think I ended up with maybe like 10 of them that I had here. I took one to work. I still have that one N95 hanging in my window. I have it hanging in my window on my blinds. I figured the sun would, would kill it, kill the virus as it's hanging there during the day, and um, but I wore it a couple of times when I was um, literally with people who had COVID. And they, people would just, you know, uh, they wouldn't even, they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I tested positive for COVID. And they would still come to businesses. I found that extremely irresponsible 
to I would find out as they're sitting across from me, like, oh yeah, yeah, I tested last week positive for COVID, but I feel fine. Or yeah, I was sick for a few days, but um, I'm over it. I haven't went back to see. And I'm thinking, you know, here I am. I have all the things you don't want to have and catch COVID, and you just decided to come expose me. So I get there's two sides to the argument. I didn't want to catch COVID. I had to work, so I was going to still go to work. Um, but there was lots. I was exposed uh, un, without my permission. I've been exposed to COVID without my permission multiple times. And even uh, once or twice, I was manipulated manipulated into uh, into being exposed to COVID because the person wanted, another person wanted something done, but they were afraid of COVID. So they set the appointment with me with this customer who they knew had COVID. So, the, and didn't tell me why I was handling this and that, and they called, they set the appointment and then called in sick that day and said, Hey, I need you to handle this. He knew they had COVID. They told him and set it up and arranged it for me to deal with them. I don't know. That's kind of, if you really think about it, a little bit of attempted murder there or something, especially considering he's extremely healthy and I'm, uh, I'm uh, not. But anyways, he ended up getting COVID later. So he, he, he was really sick and almost died. But he, he got over it, according to him. <clears throat> but I know a few. I, I've been exposed to COVID a bunch. I don't know what that means. Again, I'm just, I, I'm just, thank you, Lord, for letting me live through this. That's all I can say. Um, but it's the narrative, man. The mask narrative. Uh, it's so stupid to wear a mask. I would, I would not wear a mask when I go out places unless somebody asked me. And if they asked me and I had something I needed to get done, then I would put it on because it's not worth the effort of fighting. If I needed, if I didn't need to get something done, well, then we can argue about it. But if I needed to get something done, I'm just going to put it on so I can get it done. So I've never actually got into an argument with anybody over masks. I've looked at them funny. And I've had people look at me funny, and I've just walked away from situations, but, you know, very mild. I've been very I've been very passive about it, which is not normal for me, uh, because people are dying. It's so hard to be indignant, even if you're right. When people are dying, no matter what you think the reality of COVID is, people are dying. Um, people are dying from the flu, too. So, it's it's is COVID worse than the flu? I mean... I don't know. I, I, I would say that the, the narrative is that it the narrative is that it is, and the statistics say that it is. So it's um, it. I mean, I would say if I had to say, I would say yes, it is. Because look at look what it's people are dying. Maybe it's because no one's ever been exposed to it before. And I had um, I had heard about when they were first sequencing COVID about the AIDS inserts and some other inserts. And then I'd seen on the news where they said that it's normal for viruses to pick up this and that. But I had read a, um, it was a complicated paper. I can't even tell you what it was about, really. But the two snippets that I got from it were, one was that it's not uncommon for, a, when a, for flu to go dormant when another, and I didn't understand why. It's not like they talk to each other. But when whenever another pandemic, another, like, you know, virus becomes predominant for flu to purposely somehow uh, go dormant so that it can survive this pandemic. And still, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I don't know how they can, I don't know how flu would know that COVID was there. It was way beyond my ability. 
but it also talked about the spike proteins and the snippets of different things and how it was it would appear that COVID-19 had been engineered specifically to infect humans and humans' lungs. And this was a long time ago I read this. I mean, it wasn't in, in I doubt it was in 2021. This was probably something I read in 2020. And if it was 2021, it would have been very early in 2021. And, and so I've went through this entire pandemic just in my, my, um, my paradigm was that COVID-19 was a lab-created, lab-modified virus that accidentally got out. I didn't see it being purposely let out, although that one weird, uh, what is that, Invent 201 or whatever they had right before COVID came out makes it slightly suspicious because they literally war-gamed this exact scenario about two months before, maybe November of, of, 20, of 2019. They, the event, I think it's called Event 201. Again, I haven't looked into any of this stuff in a long time because it was just part of my paradigm. This is how it is. And I just, and I realized that the, the news and everything is all about the narrative and the agenda. So they're going to say what they're going to say, and it doesn't matter what the truth is. So I kind of just left it alone and didn't, I didn't cause a fuss out of it. And when somebody would say something, I would just take whatever they said. And I wouldn't be like, well, no, the truth is, is that uh, COVID-19 came from the lab because it has this and this and this. And I knew about it this and then this. No, I just left it alone because people are dying and people are scared. It's just not, it's not worth it. Plus, I have zero facts about it. I just have vague memories of things I've read and stuff. But in my paradigm, COVID-19 was always a lab-leaked um, lab leaked virus that was engineered in the lab as a gain, gain of function, although I didn't use the gain of function terminology until just recently. That's something I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember ever th- in the original beginning, using that phrase. Uh, that's not, I don't think I even heard that phrase in the very beginning. It was just a engineered uh, virus in a lab testing it, and it was released accidentally. It just got out because this lab is full of um, underpaid Chinese workers who are trying to make money, so they're selling, you know, animals out the back, and there's they don't know what they're doing, and there's, you know, anything that has to do with communism is always going to be run inefficient because you're not rewarded for efficiency. You're punished Sometimes for both efficiency or inefficiency, but the, the communism just won't work in the end. It never will. <clears throat> so it was never. It was just my paradigm was that masks don't work. My paradigm, my way of thinking was that it was a lab leak, and that it was an engineered virus. I mean, that's just how I've always been about it. And um, I didn't. And like I said, it wasn't a big deal. I didn't argue with anybody. Uh, I mean, if people asked, I would tell them what I thought. But maybe like, well, who knows? And ultimately, who does know? And will we ever know the truth? Too many of our scientists who could tell us the truth have a vested interest in not telling us the truth because they were part of the gain of function studies, or they still, or they were, they were benefiting it financially, or they still stand to benefit. They don't want this um, type of how this all works, how all these uh, these um, these grant monies or all this. All of this free taxpayer money is spent because they stand to gain from it. So they don't want this cash cow to stop. So they have no vested interest in um, in the truth. They're, they have a vested interest in the opposite of the truth, of maintaining the narrative that it's a naturally incurring virus. Although at this point, I don't think anybody thinks that. 
think everybody now knows that it is it was a uh, the incompetence of the Chinese lab. So that's my spill, my little two cents on COVID. The lockdowns were unconstitutional and criminal, and all the governors did it should be locked away. Masks are stupid, but you know if it makes people feel bad, it's feel good. It's not a big deal to wear a mask just for a little bit. Um, and you know you just have to know, understand that all the news around anything today is not fact based. It's narrative based. It's just it's agenda. It's an agenda driven news. Even if you're listening to Fox, it's all about the agenda. It's hard to find the truth. I did briefly also want to talk about um, gun laws because the new Texas gun law, um, I don't did it just go into effect where you don't need a um, permit to conceal carry anymore. I'm, you know, I'm actually a little bit don't care about this. I mean, I um, it's it's the part of me where the government can tell you what to do is like. Um, the government should never tell you what to do is like, okay, well, this is a good thing. But I remember when I was getting my concealed carry permit and going to the shooting range, there were some real tards out there who should not even have a gun, who could not barely pass the, the most simple, easiest shooting test ever. Didn't know how to even really load their gun. So granted, the government should not be able to tell you what you can and can't do with guns. But on the same side, at least that the, the license to carry um, at least gave them some minimum handling and safety precautions and gave them a little bit about the law. So um, there was the good side of that. I wonder if you get to keep, like, I still have my license. I don't know when it's good, good to, but I think it's good to, like, 2024 maybe or 2023. I don't, I don't know. I didn't look into that because I'd want to renew it even if it I don't need it. Because I went through the effort of getting it, and it allows me to carry a gun in other states that haven't done constitutional carry. So, um, hmm, I have to look into that. So that's something we all need to look into is does the new law, are they going to do away with Texas? No, they they got to keep the license license to carry a gun. they got to keep that going or we would be in trouble when we went to other states that only have the reciprocal if you have a license thing so anyways we need to make sure that's i'm sure it is i mean it wouldn't it would make common sense to keep it going um but yeah yeah it's back to the whole leftist agendas thing with these gun laws and that it's an agenda you got to disarm the people to, to to enslave them i mean that's just a, a natural and they remember they think generational they know they're not going to take our guns away and throughout all of america today but they think long-term, and it's very generational. And it just fits their narrative. Um, these people don't even know why. They don't They don't understand the big picture. They're not They're, they're not evil. The 99.999% of them are not evil masterminds petting the white cat, you know, making cackling noises. They're just pawns who like being part of something. I heard somebody say this phrase, low-status individuals love COVID-19 because it gave them the ability to have status, to go up to somebody who wasn't at wearing a mask and, and have the backing of, of, you know, pretty much all of Earth behind them and telling you what to do with your life. So it allowed low-status individuals some status. I could see that. That's a true statement. Whoever came up with that, maybe it was uh, the guy everybody hates, the, the um, Canadian dude, uh, Peterson. Uh, but, yeah, Texas um, did pass. Uh, it made it constitutional carry. I think, again, I've probably said this before, but I think that, uh, our governor needs to go further and uh, start enlisting people in a militia. 
and issuing them guns, government-sponsored guns, giving them guns to defend Texas. They should take it further. Everybody who has a license to carry should be part of the, the militia and should be issued a fully automatic machine gun to mount it, to keep in their house. Um, if, if I was a governor, I'd be looking into doing that for sure because it's only going to be American, armed American people have any chance of keeping America, America. Not even making America great again, but just keeping America, America, where you have uh, individual rights and freedoms. People don't understand the importance of a constitutional republic or even a constitutional democracy, if you want to go that far. The Constitution protects the individual from the majority. So that 51% of America can't enslave 49% of America because that's what a democracy is. Democracies, I don't know of any true pure democracy that's worked. It always ends up that way where the majority enslaves the minority. Um, so... Yeah, the Constitution is important, and it's great that we have constitutional carry in Texas now, as long as the license to carry doesn't go away. So if I want to go to another state, I can use my Texas license. The other thing I wanted to talk about today, just briefly, was uh, the whole voter laws. I know it's kind of went by the wayside. That's a problem, because nothing's going to change. Voter fraud's always happening. It's always going to happen. It's always happened. But it's when it's become so, so widespread that it can actually sway a general election. I always assumed that voter fraud was unable to sway. Well, there was that whole Nixon thing when Nixon lost with Kennedy, I believe. But I've always, I still assumed that voter fraud was not widespread enough to sway a general presidential election. It's just too much votes. But when you look how many votes Trump got it, got it. When you look at how many votes Trump got on his, and you know the most other than Biden the most voted for president ever. I mean, you know that, that the, they put out all stops to get um, Biden elected. Um, and there was tons and tons of voter fraud. Was there enough to sway the election? I think there might have been, but I don't know. And we'll never know. And that's the problem with these voter laws is that they've lost, people have lost interest in it, and they're not going to change anything. The next election is going to come, and we're going to have the same uh, corrupt politicians with the same uh, easily hacked machines and easy manipulated data. Nothing's going to change, and we're going to do this again in two years, and then in, then another two years over another presidential election. So nothing's going to change because we'll, everybody will be paranoid and upset right then and there, but then they're going to, uh, again, it's going to fade. They know what they're doing, like the fact that Facebook banned Trump until just after the midterms. Hmm, imagine that. We've got to somehow keep the voter law reforms and i'm more concerned with the technology than like can somebody give you water while you're standing in line or mail-in is a problem unless there's some sort of signature and residential and citizenship validation um mail-in is a is a problem um but it's not it's, i don't think it's much as much of a problem as these voter uh machines i think that uh, the people who write the software I mean, it's just it basically you're going to give the Soros's or whoever is the newest evil mastermind that everybody points out um, too much power and influence and control over. They can just manipulate the software so it votes however they want it to vote. They went back and tested some of these machines and found that they weren't counting the votes correctly and they were uh, flipping vote, vote, votes to Biden. They only tested a few, so it's... Um, it's not enough to matter, but I'm, I imagine you can go and, and, and 
test them all, but they won't even let them. Even though they've been subpoenaed, these companies have been subpoenaed to uh, hand over their um, not their like their master password so that they can get in and analyze, and they're refusing to, and they can afford to refuse to, because the um, the politicians aren't aren't going to get an uproar and aren't going to make them, so they can afford to just violate. Us, you know, the subpoena. No, we're not giving those master Oh, we don't have them. Oh, we don't have those boot records. Oh, we don't have that data. That data is missing. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, we had to re- we had to redo the software the day after the election. Uh, we just had to. So many voter irregularities. But the 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 problem is those machines. Those we got to we need to go back to paper ballots, like truly physical paper ballots, carbon copied even better. So you can um you can match it up to what you like. This hey, this is what I turned in. Is this what you got? Um, it needs to go uh into a way that cannot be manipulated electronically. I've seen the, the, the hacker videos on YouTube where they just go in and just quickly hack the machines and get them to say whatever they want it to say. So it is not secure. We've got to get the, the voting off the we, – we have to, they don't want it to be secure. You're like, why would these people do such dumb things like this? They have to know that these aren't going to be secure. They don't want it to be secure. I don't understand why people can't see that. They, they are going to control the elections from now on. They're going to have them go however they want. We accepted it this time. We accepted them. I know I'm not saying that they controlled it enough for Trump to win or lose, but they did They did implement technology that is easily uh, manipulated to have the votes go the way they want. Um, that's just a fact. So um, we need to keep the voter, you know, we need to keep, the narrative we need to keep you know people talking about these the, the voter machines and the the voter the voter reforms not let them just go away because we've lost interest because it's over and we've all accepted that biden's our our president uh, i'm not even really upset anymore that biden's the president i mean I, at this point it just exposes them more to me it's just more of the the emperor has no clothes every time i watch the news and i try not to but every time i i put on youtube and and actually turn into one of the main news channels, I'm, I'm just constantly um, reminded that the emperor has no clothes. And and I think that more and more people, people who are more and more, you know, the sleeping type, the sheep, the sheeple type, are seeing it as well. They're starting to see that the emperor has no clothes. So I don't know. I think that Biden is might actually have been, a you know, might be exposing them more than they think. So let's keep the voter uh, narrative, the voter reform, voter laws, um, especially the machines in the narrative or in the um, in the public consciousness. Another thing that's really getting severe these days is inflation. I've already talked about the supply chain kind of thing, um, but inflation is a big deal, and I've already talked about it. But I have recently talked to a couple of builders, and because I'm in the, the housing industry. And they are, um, like, say you, in the beginning, let's say, you know, in the beginning of the building process, you you, uh, you get your construction loan and, you know, it's whatever. It's going to be a $350,000 house. By the time that you get your house, it's a $425,000 house. And in a construction loan, you can kind of get away with that. But if you're doing a one-time close, like a construction to perm, that's a problem. And so I've just talked to a lender uh, today, actually, and they said that they had uh, two builders um, unravel two closed loans uh, and just told the customer, you can either reclose at this higher price 
or we're just going to to take we'll take the land. We'll we'll go ahead and build this house, but it's going to be our house and our land, and we'll resell it to somebody for for a profit because we cannot lose money with you. I have never seen that in my time where uh, builders are unraveling closed one time. Those were these were non-conforming. These two loans, I believe, would have been non-conforming. So these weren't like a a one-time uh, construction problem like government loan, like an FHA loan. These would have been non-conforming um, portfolio type loans, but they unraveled. I mean, you you close out a title. The the it's you know the the deed of trust is recorded. The deeds recorded. The you know the mechanics liens recorded. It's all that title. It's it's at the it's at the county. It's a it's a closed deal. So they are a um, they do a um, like a those type of, of non-conforming uh, loans are kind of like where you close, but the loan doesn't fully fund until the uh, home is delivered, and you you have to sign like two modification documents at the end. Um, but this uh, lender said that because I was talking to them about um, uh, how it's how do I get how do you do in a situation where you're doing a, when you close on a land home and you're but the the construction period is this long or you're waiting for if it's a, a manufactured home you're waiting for the home to come offline and it's three to six months down the road and you close on the loan and you're 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 basically it's historically you've been locked into that deal and you're going to finish it out um if you want to stay in the good graces with these lenders you can't undo that as a builder or a retailer you can't undo that and he said that yes this uh this builder undid it just in one case they they did not take the land they just completely stopped they they um completely unraveled it and just ate the costs they just it was it was worth not they didn't set up a spec unit or anything like that they just ate the cost and it wasn't a huge amount um but i know on the manufactured housing side the retailers cannot they don't know what the price is going to be from literally one week to the next so in in the margins in that in that world are very tiny so they can't they can't um they, there's too much exposure for them so they're not they're not even they're going to have to completely either um re um, remodify the loan at the end do a modification at the end upping whatever the price price increase is there's not a big enough margin on the, on those type of loans to absorb a ten thousand dollar or fifteen thousand dollar price increase um i have seen the greatest price increases i've ever seen i think i talked about it on a supply chain video not too long well, you know maybe a month or two ago and I, literally just this friday i just got another price increase for five thousand dollars um it's i've never seen it before it's just constantly coming over and it's it's not even lumber anymore it's everything it's everything cost they're like well the light fixtures are costing us 200 dollars more per, per home the insulation is costing us you know a thousand dollars more per home this is costing us fifty dollars more per home when you've got thousands of components going into the home and each component is costing you five ten fifteen twenty sometimes sometimes it's thousands of dollars per home more it's a huge problem and so you can't, these builders and the retailers in the manufactured home world cannot function like that. They can't absorb those. They don't have margins, especially on the manufactured home side. They don't have margins uh, to absorb that kind of increase. So if, if I'm seeing, and then when I'm seeing inflation 
like I've never even thought it could exist in the housing world. I mean, new new housing starts, I think, are down. Lumber prices, futures are down. So, but these price increases, again, aren't, they, they have historically, the last six months, been driven by lumber. But now it's all the other materials. It, prices, inflation is a huge, huge problem. It is a rooster that is going to come home to roost. I just saw an article. I didn't read it. It was it made me so mad about how inflation is a good thing. Like, what? Uh, hyperinflation is going to be a good thing. This is like, I think maybe that German Merkel chick said it. I didn't even read it. I was like, I'm not even going to read that stupidity. I have no idea. Yeah, if you're rich, inflation can be a great thing. But for the vast majority of us, it's not. It's just stealing money from you. If you went to the grocery store, I mean, you, you get one bag of groceries and you're, you're triple digits. You're, 100, you're over $100. Um, it's, 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 it's insane. And, no, and I just don't feel like, I feel like it's being completely downplayed, mainly because there's probably so much just liquid cash in America right now from all these stimuluses. But it, this is this is going to be if this is going to be ugly. I mean, when you have people who like what's that? The Pauls, Jake Paul, or whatever they are. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch those type of YouTubers. Um, when they talk when they talk about how um, the fiat currency and the American dollar is worthless and they're buying Bitcoin and all this, and you're like, huh? These guys do not. I mean, obviously they're way more intelligent than me because they're millionaires. But they're, they don't seem like the brightest bulb, and they understand. Like, I'm hearing people talk about the American dollar being worthless who would never talk about that before. When you have ordinary people start talking about how worthless the American dollar is becoming, it's a problem. It means people are losing faith in it. Um, I don't get the whole Bitcoin thing. I have money invested in it just because, so I don't miss this boat. But a Bitcoin is there's nothing there. Now I know you can argue there's nothing there in a the dollar, but it does have a very powerful military and police force backing it. Whereas the Bitcoin has some ones and zeros. It's worthless. A Bitcoin is worthless. It, it, you can't do nothing with it. You can't eat it. Can't do. Can't. It's completely worthless. It can. It could literally go away in a second. And you could say the same thing for the American dollar. It's worthless. It's, you can't eat a dollar. But it has the power of the United States government backing it. And all these people saying that, you know, uh, you know, the governments can't do anything about Bitcoin. Well, that's not true. They can just say you can't have it no more. They can just say you, you're not allowed to use it as anything. They can just tax the hell out of it. The, the, the Fed and the United States government, the Chinese government can destroy Bitcoin. That's not true. These people are naive as they think that these... Uh, these uh, people, the powers that be, whatever you want to call them, um, can't can't uh, take down Bitcoin. 100% they could. Would you people still secretly have Bitcoin, or can they? Can they? Um, yeah, sure. But if you can't do anything with it, if it's an illegal. If it's illegal and you go to prison for uh, even trying to sell one or use one as currency, what are you going to do then? Hmm? But again, I, I do own some Bitcoin and some Ethereum and some Dogecoin and some Litecoin and some, I don't know, some a few others. Uh, and not a lot because I don't have a lot to, 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 to throw up straight up in the air. I don't think that the American government or maybe even the Chinese government will destroy Bitcoin. I don't think they will. I think they'll just co co-op it. And, you know, they'll just they'll just take it over somehow. They'll just merge it into with whatever it is and they'll make it part of their power structure 
If I thought that they were going to destroy it, I would sell it all right now. But I haven't. That's really all I wanted to touch base, just on a few issues this uh, this week. Um, so, yes, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Producing Half. Please continue to go out there and uh, do your best to produce and protect the, uh, the American culture. Have a nice day.